Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. The rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. Hallelujah. Heard about a man one time that was marooned on an island. He was in some kind of a situation where he was marooned on an island for nearly a decade. And they rescued him and they took him back to the island and the news media was doing a story on him. They said, what was it like? Never talking or seeing another human being. What was it like being completely separated from another human being for 10 years? He said, well, you just have to learn to get by and... He said, I built me a house over here to get out of the elements. And I built me a little garden over here and got some bananas and coconuts and different things. And they walked a little farther and he said, I, the guy said, what's this? He said, this is a church. He said, I built me a church. A man's got to have a church, a place to contact God. They walked a little farther and there was another church. And the guy said, what's this second church? And he said, that's the one I used to go to. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not changing. I said, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. Hallelujah. Pray for our general conference next week. The uh, ministers of the United Pentecostal Church International, which is a uh, part of the body of Christ. We're going to meet and just pray that God will have his way and God will speak to our preachers and God will bless us. When I was here 120 days ago, uh, some of the two or three wanted some of my books. I didn't have them with me. I ran out, so I uh, got a few out there. And uh, Reverend Justin Gleason, critique my book. If it's lousy, tell them. If it's a good book, tell them it's a good book. Surely you can say more than that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We love you. Good to be here. Good to feel the presence of God. Uh, I was in Louisiana one time and preaching at a church down in De Quincey, Louisiana. An old Jewish man pastored that church named Brother Bennett. And he drove me out in the Louisiana woods. I'd never been in the south before. I'd never heard anybody say, uh, you all and uh, we we went out into the woods and, and there was a place as big as this platform where there was no grass growing or anything and he walked me out in the middle of it and I said what is this brother Bennett and he said one night at the Louisiana campground this is where we used to have the old Louisiana campground the fire of God fell and said nothing grows here today he said the fire of God fell hallelujah hallelujah I was preaching in Los Angeles, California for Brother Bernard Elms, and he took me out to an arroyo, and he said, uh, right here in the early days of Pentecost, Andrew Urshan pitched up a tent that, and had 5,000 get the Holy Ghost. And, and I was preaching for Brother Dugas a while back in uh, St. Louis, and he took me over to the uptown in St. Louis to see the old White Way Tabernacle where uh, some of the roots of our movement started. You see, places hold special emphasis in our lives. I can take you to the place, cell block J, cell number 14, where I repented of my sin. 
Come on. I've taken my kids back there. I took my boys one time, held them up and on the fence there. I said, see that cell right in there? That's where your old hippie dad repented of his sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could take you to a street corner where I stood one day and I was hiring a Georgia pine and, and uh, a little group got up and started singing and, and a guy preached and held his hand out and said, would you like to come? And I flipped a cigarette at him and uh, trying to be tough, but inside there was something breaking. Come on, you see, places are special to us. Places are special to us. I've been to Wittenberg, Germany, where Martin Luther nailed a thesis on the wall and, and shook loose from the Roman church and, and uh, felt something there. I've been to the tomb of Absalom and the tomb of David and the tomb of the prophets, and boy, you can feel the spirits of those old prophets bumping around in Israel. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Brother Justin and I were, he picked me up at the airport and, and uh, Justin, Jehu, Gleason, hallelujah. And uh, we, we was going downtown and we was trying to get direction. Every time we'd get direction, we was already past it. Hallelujah. And, and uh, we didn't break no speed limit, so we don't believe in that. And uh, hallelujah. And I was watching. I said, what happened to this part of downtown? I used to live there. I used to live there. And living in literal hell. One day I told Pastor Gleason, I said, drive me by 40th and Harrison. Hallelujah. You see, places hold special places in our hearts. I want to take you into the seventh chapter of the book of Acts. At the 50th verse, Acts 7.50. Acts 7.50. My wife said to greet you in Jesus' name, said she apologized for her husband. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, they'll know before you get out of there today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 7.50. Sister Gleason, I was in your daddy's old house the other day. Hallelujah. Got me some free tomatoes. Maters, they call them in Arkansas, I believe. And I stood there and I told my wife, I said, there's something familiar about this house. And I told the folks that lived in it, I can't call their name, Roland or Russell or Recluse or Reject or something. What is it? Roland. I said, there's something for He said, it ought to be. He said, this is where Charlie Dyson lives. He said, you killed him many a chicken right in there when you was preaching him a revival. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. When you got to say we got it, Brother Charlie. And when 40 years were expired, and in the Hebrew, if you was reading this in the Hebrew, uh, it'd be just when 40, there's nothing happened. There's just chronos. There's no high time, just nothing happened for 40 years. God took Moses. He spent 40 years being somebody. He spent 40 years being nobody. And he spent 40 years realizing God can't use anybody but nobodies. Hallelujah. And when 40 years had just expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. Everybody say, look out now. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled, and durst not behold. Then said the Lord unto him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest 
is holy ground. Now I want to preach on what makes the ground holy. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you all. Just a little bit more monitor up here, homie. Hallelujah. I've been on a tour. I've been, I've been kicking devils. Hallelujah. Come on. You see, the desert is where God speaks to us. In fact, the Hebrew word for desert is debar, which means to speak. If I was to ask somebody in Hebrew, do you speak Hebrew? I'd say, uh, do you speak Hebrew? Debar, or the word desert, means to speak. The valley is for change, but the mountaintops is for vision. Thank you. Thank you, Mama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Phil you? Hallelujah. Come on. The mountain is for vision. Our central core must be to know him. Come on, I don't care who wins a washer and dryer on the prices right. I don't I don't care what redneck wins a country music award. I never could get drunk enough to like country music. Come on, I was down preaching for Rex Johnson a few months ago, and he's got a country band, and there was about 50 black people shouting to country music, and that's a move of God when you can get African-American people to shout to redneck music. I don't care who wins a Super Bowl or any other kind of bowl. Come on. I don't care if they beat each other to death. But I'm going to tell you what, the, the central theme of my life is to know him. I want to know him. The magnificent obsession of my soul is to know him. Come on, I want to know him. And then after I know him, I want to reflect him. I want people to see Jesus in my life. I want my family to see Jesus in my life. Come on, I want to get on an airplane and everybody say there's something different about that dude. Come on, hallelujah. I want to, we walked out of a restaurant a while back and and my wife and I, if it wasn't for restaurants and, and uh, grocery stores, we'd be together all the time. Hallelujah. We walked out of a restaurant, and a, la- a guy grabbed me by the sleeve, and I said, uh, excuse me, that's my arm you're hanging on there, Slick. Hallelujah. And he said, are you people Christians? And I said, yes. And he said, I could feel something just coming from where you was at when you was talking about God. And he said, there's just a shine on your face. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling you, I don't want to just know him. I want to reflect him. I want the attributes of God. I want the character of God. See, Moses saw the burning and it drew him. I'm going to tell you what's going to draw people in these last days. It's the burning presence of God. It's not going to be our programs. It's not going to be because the choir sings well and you sing well. Hallelujah. Come on. I'll tell you what I like about this choir director. He ain't no sissy. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm about done with these guys that can't hold their wrist up. Hallelujah. All right, hallelujah. Just whatever. Hallelujah. Come on. But you see, the burning drew him. It's going to be the ignited presence of God in our life. Your God is a flaming fire. Come on, I've seen, I've, I've looked up a thousand times in my uh, young life and I've seen people looking at a siren, a fire truck. I've never seen anybody scoping out an ice truck. Somebody said, it all, it's not all in shouting. It ain't always sitting still either, homie. Hallelujah. 
Come on, I know it's not all in emotionalism, but when you take the emotionalism out of Pentecost and out of relationship to God, you've taken something out that nothing else will ever take its place. Now Moses is in the backside of the desert, and the burning drew him. Hallelujah. Let's use this tree over here, our beautiful Assembly of God folks bought from Walmart. Come on, I'm not being sarcastic. I love them. I think they're awesome people. Anytime God will forgive somebody's sins and fill them with the Holy Ghost, they don't have no problem out of me. And all of a sudden, he gets closer, and God speaks to him. Moses. Oy, hallelujah. He said, take your shoes off. You know why? God won't even let a quarter inch of shoe leather come between you and him when he wants you in his presence. Hallelujah. Let alone attitudes. Come on, let alone our criticism. Let alone our formalism. He said, take your shoes off. Don't come any closer. You know why? Because you're entering on holy ground. Hallelujah. The place where you're standing is holy. Come on. The place where you're standing is holy. The dirt here wasn't any different than the dirt here. The rocks here wasn't any different than the rocks here. The sand here wasn't any different than the sand here. The cacti here, that's plural for cactus in Missouri, hallelujah, was no different from the cactus over here. But he crossed the threshold. He crossed the line into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Come on, he had an embarkation point where he went from the carnal to the spiritual. You could come to church and never enter into the presence of God, but there's a line you cross to get into the presence of God. Hallelujah. He was having a threshold experience. The same thing the seraphims had in the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And one seraph cried across the 10,000 foot uh, place and he started crying, holy, holy, holy. And the other seraphim cried, holy, holy, holy. And the Bible said the doorposts were moved. Come on. The threshold was moved. I'd move these, but I'd be afraid I'd tear something up I'd have to, that Brother Gleason have to pay for I wouldn't pay for it. Hallelujah. Come on. Something happened. He had a thresher. The same ground, the same dirt, the same rocks, the same brush. But you know what? He crossed the line and he crossed into the holy. Hallelujah. At some point when he was moving toward God, he crossed the line, a border between the sacred and the profane and entered into the holy. Let me explain what holy is. It's not how you dress. Come on. We got folks, I call them the apostolic Taliban. <laughs> they don't care if you're holy as long as you look holy. As long as you look all right, you can have a tongue so long, you can sit in the front room and lick a skillet in the kitchen. Come on, that's not holiness. You know what holiness simply means? Kodesh means to be set apart. Set apart. Come on, any of you ladies ever bake bread? I can't see anybody in here ever bake bread. Did you ever, any of you ladies ever bake bread? You ever bake, bake bread, mama? Hallelujah. Sister Dyson, you make some pies for your little grandson going to Bible college. We ate them on the way over here. Hallelujah. No, he didn't. Hallelujah. You make, you make, 40 biscuits, 
Now, they make those biscuits today about that big around. My grandmother made what we call big old cat head biscuits. They was about that big around, and if you didn't need them, you could use them for trot line sinkers or holding up fence posts or putting under the wheels. And Grandma would be making the biscuits. And I'd come in, she'd take them biscuits, she'd slap them together, and all that hide under arms get to go, and it'd take her 12 minutes to stop after... You need a Jewish grandma. Hallelujah. And she'd take these biscuits and she'd set them all over here. This is for the table. And she set these aside. And I said, one day I said, Grandma, what's these set aside for? She said, that's for uh, your Uncle Isaac. She said, I've set these aside. I didn't know, but that meant holy. It's the thing that God set aside for his use. That's what holiness is. God's not interested in your ability, your inability. He's interested in your availability. And God said, Moses, I'm setting you aside. You're going to be holy. Hallelujah. Come on, you're going to be holy. At some point, you've crossed a line, an embarkation line. Hallelujah. And everything around you is the same. But you've moved into a holy place. Come on, it's common space, and, but it had become uncommon. It was made uncommon by a super added presence. Something holy had come to that place and made it uncommon, made it supernatural. Hallelujah. It wasn't intrinsic. It was extrinsic. Come on. Something had moved into there and made that holy. I was praying this morning. God woke me up at quarter to five. And I said, God, you can see the clock. And God showed me a vision of that mountain this morning in prayer. 15 minutes till 5. And God showed me instead of bread, God showed me bread coming out of that place. And God showed me hungry people from all over this area coming to find the bread. Hallelujah. God showed me a hospital. And God said, I want a church that can heal the wounded people that's been wounded by religion and wounded by preachers and wounded by thoughtful, unholy people. Come on, God wants a place where his people can get healing. Come on, he passed through a threshold into a holy place. Into a holy place. Hallelujah. The God that wrestled with Jacob. The God that let Moses see his hinder parts. That God had come down and made a place holy that was common. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the holy place. See, and later, after God called Moses, and Moses brought Israel out of Egypt, Moses brought him back to that holy place. He not only brought them back, he brought Aaron back and showed him where God had appeared to him. We've got to have places where we can show this next generation, Brother Justin, what happened to us and what happened to your grandpa and what happened. Come on. I told my son today on the phone, I said, son, I'm looking forward to the day that when they talk about Mike Mahaney and Nick Mahaney and Justin Gleason, they don't talk about these being Stan and Charlie's boys, but they look at us old men and say, hey, these are the fathers of Stan, of, of Justin and Nick and Mike Gleason. Hallelujah, Mahaney, hallelujah. Whatever their names are, hallelujah. Mine's Mahaney, his is Gleason. You can tell by the good looks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Moses brought him back to teach him covenant. Moses brought him back so he could impart to Aaron. Moses brought him back so his successor, Joshua, could have the impartation. 
See, Jacob had a dream. Jacob had a dream. And God speaks to us in dreams. I, I worry that we don't dream enough. You know the real dangerous people are those that dream in the daytime. Come on. I'm talking about men with a dream. Come on, I'm talking about men with a dream. 25 years ago, they told me, you'll never reach anybody in prison. We've got documented 30,000 people have been baptized in Jesus' name in the last decade in prisons. Don't tell me if you got a dream, I'm telling you what, you can go to the mountaintop and realize that dream. We was in a women's prison not long ago. And uh, in one service, we baptized 102 women and 97 of them came out of the water speaking in tongues. I preached three Saturday nights ago in Mississippi State Prison. We had 48 men get the Holy Ghost and over 100 baptized in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm telling you, when people get to dreaming with God, they're dangerous people. I told God, I said, I don't want to be one of these uh, youth rally preachers that just get to sit around and argue when he gets to preach. I want to preach. If I got to go preach in nursing homes and jails and street corners, I don't care. Come on. I've got a dream. God give me a vision. When I first got in church, God gave me a vision and I was standing prophesying to the east and I was prophesying to the, to the to things that had people bound and I watched shackles fall off of people and I watched people come out of situations that, that, that no way in the world that the human mind could bring them out of these situations. And when I stood in Kansas City and preached, God said, this is the vision I gave you. Hallelujah. Come on. He said, God's going to do something in this area. See, I'm talking about we need to learn to dream. Jacob had a dream. And in this dream, he saw a ladder. And the angels ascending and descending. Notice the order of the coming and going of the angels. It was morning time. The rabbis teach that angels ascend in the morning time to go get their orders from God who to minister to. Hallelujah. Say, well, I don't believe in ministry of angels. I don't care. Come on. I don't believe in sitting on a bench and being a deadbeat. Come on. But you know why? The angels get their assignment in the morning. That's why I like to have morning prayer. I like to catch my angels while they're fresh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't shake your head at me. They're flying me all over the world. What are you doing, homeboy? Hallelujah. Come on. See, and Jacob saw this, and Jacob saw this ladder. And Jacob was laying, you can't preach this in Arkansas because those folks down there don't know the difference between a pillow and a pillar. Come on. We hadn't got Sister Gleason out there. She still couldn't talk. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Well, I'm going to be in trouble. Hallelujah. But he laid his head down on a pillow. And, and when he got his head on the rock, the heavens began to open up. And Jacob took that pillow and stood it up as a pillar. Hallelujah. Come on. You know why? Because he was standing on the earth, but the heavens were open above him. God showed me a vision in Stockton, California of several years ago and God showed me that, we, that they had actually prayed and worshipped the heavens open above Stockton, California and in the next eight weeks God gave 2,000 the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on. I believe what made the significant thing in Jacob's dream wasn't the earth but the heavens were open above him. Come on. I believe we can pray the heavens open. 
It was the same stone, the same rock, the same ground, but it became holy. And Jacob stood back and said, Oy vey. Let's call this Beit El. I've heard people say it meant the house of God. It don't. It means God's house. There's a difference. There's a difference. When God said, Isaiah, I'm looking for a man to go, who'll go? He didn't say, here I am. That's a geographical location. He said, here am I. That means everything I am belongs to you. Hallelujah. Noah came out of the ark. And you know what he done after he got out of the ark? He built an altar. After our storm, something permanent has to be built that we can stand on. I flew into Atlanta, Georgia three days ago, right at the apex of the hurricane. Why in the name of God anybody would pay to ride a roller coaster when you have to travel like I do on airplanes? I mean, it's like riding a bucking horse. And the guy sitting beside me said, how far do you think we're going to get? And I said, all the way to the crash site, Bubba. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I got off a plane, had to get on another plane and fly up somewhere. I didn't want to get on that plane. There's a crowd of people over there watching television, and I just elbowed in there. I wanted to watch it with them. Hallelujah. I was watching the news. I was watching the weather. They had it on the weather station. First time I'd ever seen a TV. Hallelujah. Now, you know, the Bible said when Jesus, when Jesus spoke to the storm, it uses for the word storm, that uses the, the word seismos, which means a, an earthquake. Storm. And they say, they told us one time on the Sea of Galilee, it's built like a funnel. Said the waves can come up as high as 150 miles an hour. That's a four, what do you call it? 4.4 4 category four. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm catching it now. Hallelujah. Somebody over here want to say category. Okay, I've got it now. Hallelujah. I've sat on airplanes with guys. There was a guy sitting across from me. As we were, me Wayne Huntley and I flew into Atlanta, Georgia one time in the middle of a hurricane. And Wayne said, I'm going to go to sleep, Charlie. And I said, lots of luck, Wayne. I'm going to stay awake and pray for us. And boy, we hit one dip. We must have fell a thousand feet. And Wayne said, whoa, I'm awake. Hallelujah. And I was holding, my knuckles were turning white and I was pleading the blood and I was calling on God. Hallelujah. Looked over and there was a big old guy sitting there just a sound asleep. I thought, ignorant, don't you care that we're at the hinge of perishing? But then somewhere, I respected him. Can you imagine if that guy would have woke up and that guy would have stood up and said, peace be still, and the storm would have stopped. 150 mile an hour wind. They had one of these news reporters on there and he was standing there. Where do they get these idiots to stand in a hurricane and broadcast? He said, the winds are blowing out here. And I thought, no kidding, Sherlock. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that been something somebody would have walked up beside him and said, peace be still. See, the Jewish man, the Jewish man, Sigmund Freud, the father of modern psychiatry, said religion was invented to get us through storms, earthquakes pestilence because there's not really a God but if you invent a God greater than the earthquake 
and greater than the storm and greater than the pestilence, then you can bargain with God. God, if you'll get me out of here, I'll serve you. But what would he do with the book of Matthew? When Jesus stepped up and, the, and they were supposed to invent God to take care of the storm, and he said, peace be still. And what he said scared those guys worse than the storm. Peter said, get away from me. Get away from me. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you, I'm serving a God that rides the wind. I'm serving a God that can do anything. Hallelujah. Noah got out of the ark and Noah built an altar. Come on. After the storm, you need something to stand on. Hallelujah. Come on. You need something that's permanent over the storms of our life. You've got to have a permanent place over the storms of our life. You know what Abraham done? Abraham, Abraham built an altar, pitched a tent, and dug a well. Hallelujah. You know what he's doing? He's getting someplace permanent for the God that tabernacles above the tents of Israel. Hallelujah. Is God a deal or not? Then Isaac. God appeared to Isaac. Isaac built an altar pitched his tent, and dug a well. Hallelujah. You know why? Because they was marking off the holy. Spaces and places were marked out as sacred spots because they crossed in from a, a threshold from the normal into the supernormal. They crossed from a line into a place where the holy is and miracles take place and blind eyes are open and deaf ears are unstopped. So you know what they done? They dug wells, they pitched their tent, they built altars, they planted trees, hallelujah, because that's where the holy was. That's where they met God. Come on. And I know I've had him to tell me, well, God's omnipresent. I know that. I know the omnipresence of God is called Harak. Everybody say harach. No, harach. <laughs> Only you and I can say it, sis. Hallelujah. Harach. That's the omnipresence. Come on. Brother Gleason preaches an awesome message on that. The omnipresence of God. But out of the omnipresence comes the functioning presence, which is the Shekinah. And if you're going to have the, the functioning, you've got to have a place for the functioning to function. That's why they hallow these places. That's why the tent was there. Do you know where they got the manna? I've read it before, and I, I, I read it in the, the Torah the other day. I read it directly out of the Hebrew Bible, and you would think they was on a manna hut, that God just scattered the manna. All right, let's go find manna. Get a basket. Go on a manna hunt. Hallelujah. Come on, like an Easter egg hunt. Let me give you a little clue down here in Kansas City. Rabbits don't lay eggs. Got to get a manna hut. Hallelujah. Whatever you paid for that haircut, get your money back, Bubba. Hallelujah. <laughs> Got to get a manna hunt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He knows Brother Mahaney loves him. Hallelujah. A manna hunt. But you know where the manna is? God didn't fling it out there and everybody go through the camp and say, manna. You know where the manna was? It was right in the center of the camp. You know where the tabernacle was? Right in the center of the camp. God said, if you'll let me dwell in your center, that's where the manna will be. That's why God's got to have a last day church because this is where we're going to find the manna. Come on, it's not scattered out here somewhere. It's right in here. And when you get God out of the center of your life, everything is off balance. Come on. The center of the world is Israel. 
The center of, Jerusalem, of Israel is Jerusalem. The center of Jerusalem is the, the temple. The center of the temple is the Kodesh HaKodeshim. The center of the temple was the Ark of the Covenant. Come on, they kept the Ark in the center. When you see Jesus, he's in the middle of the seven gold candlesticks of Menorah, God's center. Come on. And you get God. I was sitting in Tim Dugas' church a while back. I looked up and there was one uh, deal off the fan. What do you call the deals on the fan? The fan blade. Thank you. Hallelujah. I don't know how I preach without you guys. Hallelujah. One blade was off. And I said, why don't you turn that fan on, Tim? He said, man, it just wobbles because it's off center. I saw a car driving down the street the other day. It was going sideways. Had the tailpipe wired up with uh, chicken wire. Used to have a vinyl roof. That looked like one of these fringe western jackets just blowing in the wind. Thing going sideways. Now, you ever see, we call it dog tracking. On the bumper of his car, he had a big old bumper sticker that said, uh, God is my source. I pulled up, I said, I'll give you $10 if you let me scrape that bumper sticker off there. God don't take care of people like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when God gets off center, your family gets off center. When God gets off center, then, then, then you and your wife's relationship gets off center. And when you, you and your wife don't have the right relationship, the Shekinah is not as high in your home and your prayers are hindered. Hallelujah. Come on, when you get off center, your kids know it. When you get off center, everything knows it. But God's got to be the center of our life. See, the manna fell in the center. Now listen to me. I went to the Old Testament to show it's in God's plan and will to have a place of permanence to meet, to anoint, to train, to preach, to teach. Come on. God's going to give you a house. God's given me visions of it. God's already given you the mountain. God's going to give you a house. And when you pull up and start in that drive, I've never been up there. I've never been up there. It's always been too hot or too cold or too muddy. <laughs> I don't really want to go up there until I walk in that new building. Hallelujah. But when you leave and you drive up that drive or whatever it is, and you drive in there, and you walk in, and you have your little schmoozing time in the vestibule, the foyer. Hello, hello. How are you? Doing good. You look cute. Well, thank you. I think so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good to see you. And we used to hug each other. I remember the days when, when Pentecostal men would meet in uh, banks and stuff. We'd embrace each other. We don't anymore. Come on, I was talking to Brother Gleason on the phone the other day in the airport. And there was a guy sitting right beside me. And, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, Stan, you know. You could tell it was two guys talking. And he started to hang up and he said, hey, I love you, Charlie. And I said, all right. I looked at that guy sitting there looking at the guy, man on each side. I hated to tell with him to tell another guy I loved him. Yeah, I love you too. Hallelujah. I promise you it wasn't 10 minutes till the phone rang and a friend of mine from Texas said, hey, Bo. I said, what, Rexy Dale? He said, I want to tell you about a sermon. So he preached about a 20-minute sermon. He'd preached somewhere and... and uh, he said, hey, I love you, Charlie. See you at conference. I said, okay. He said, hey, I love you. These guys sitting on each side. I said, okay. He said, Bo, I said, I love you. I said, I love you too, Rex. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Can you imagine if we'd have, if, if you'd have come walking down the hall and we'd have hugged each other and said, we don't do that anymore because we're intimidated by these perverts. Come on. Come on. Come on, that one of our presidential candidates wants to make it legal for him to get married. Come on. Anybody vote for Kerry's a nitwit. Hallelujah. Say, preachers can't say that. You'll lose your tax exempt. That's no matter to me. I've got an extension. I can't pay it anyway. Hallelujah. What are they going to do? Exempt me more? See, then there's the schmoozing time. And then you say, okay. And you walk. And somewhere between you'll cross a barrier, a line, where you cross into the holy. And there's something different in that place. There's something different in that place. There's something different in that place. Come on, there's something different in that place. I said, there's something different in that place. I was sitting in the Mississippi State Prison a couple, three weeks ago, and I watched for the roughest guy in the place to come in there. And this guy didn't know, but he was in there for uh, double murder. Had killed a man, shot him to death, cut his wife's throat. And I watched him as he come in. Tough. Tattoos all over him. Tattoos on his neck. No sleeves in his shirt. Come walking in there and been pumping iron. One of the guy, one of the convicts said, I can lift 300 pounds. How about you? And I said, lift it every time I get out of a chair. But a hallelujah. 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 And that choir began to minister. And those guys didn't know, but they'd crossed into a holy place. And that choir began to minister. And I said, God, reach out and touch that heathen. Looked over and a little bit, tears were running down his face. Hallelujah. I looked over there and, and they, they told me, the meanest man in Mississippi State Prison, double murder. I looked over and he had one of those hands raised. Had a little tattoo on his arm, born to raise hell with a little devil on it, with his tongue hanging out. Oh, I love you. I walked over and before I could get my hand on him, he began to speak in tongues. God gave 47 more the Holy Ghost standing right there. Come on, it was just a prison, but they'd entered into a place of the holy. Hallelujah. Come on, they'd entered into a holy place. I said they'd entered into a holy place. You know what? It's where we find our stability from the storms that's coming. Come on, it's where we keep society outside. When you come in here, it's fellowship time. It's time to get in touch with God. It's where we keep our sanity. Come on, you ever feel like you was going nuts? Hallelujah. Praise God. I told him one night in church, I said, I'm getting ready to go nuts. And a guy hollered and said, nobody could tell the difference. Hallelujah. But we cross into this. It's where we find our stability. Hallelujah. It's where we find our place of refuge. It's where our kids are dedicated. It's where our young people learn about Jesus instead of the Ninja Turtles and some idiot rap group. Hallelujah. Come on, it's where our young people get into a youth group where they learn how to worship God and how to find a godly wife or a husband. Come on, it's where we marry them. It's where we're going to wheel the coffins in and bury our saints of God. See, God sanctifies places. 
God sanctifies places. I said God sanctifies places. And I was praying the other day, and God and Brother Gleason called me, and he said, Charlie, these building codes run me crazy sometimes. And we hung up, and I was sitting in my office, and I said, God, I want you to send a standby angel to my friend and covenant partner, Stan. And God spoke to me and said, you think earthly building codes are tough. You ought to read the heavenly building codes. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You think it's tough trying to appease and inspectors here. See, when God spoke to Moses, he spoke to him on the mountain and showed him just how to build a temple. And it said seven times, Moses did and built according to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, God organized and God designed his house on earth that there was, it was completely connected. And when you walk through the temple, it made the sign of a cross. Had a table of incense over here, a table of showbread over here. Hallelujah. Then it had the Rosh, the Rosh Pinah, the gate, the head gate. Hallelujah. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And around the Ark of the Covenant was a golden crown. Hallelujah. See, the whole temple was about Jesus. This is not about you building a nicer church than, the, than, than uh, Steve, what's his, your secretary's name? Steve Williford's church in St. Louis. Come on. This is not about you having a nicer church than Rexy Dale Johnson's. It's about Jesus. Come on. It was all about Jesus. It was the, 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 the silver and the foundation was Jesus. The brass and the altar was Jesus. Everything that was covered in gold was Jesus. Come on, the blue, the scarlet, the white was Jesus. The incense was Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Brother Kinsey, Toledo, Ohio. Old man of God. He was an evangelist back. He told me, he said, I used to get $5 a week, and we thought that was big money. Pretty good now. Hallelujah. He said, God gave us a revival. He said, Brother Mahaney, we wasn't praying any different. We wasn't worshiping any different. They wasn't driving around 435. But he said, we had a visitation of God. And he said, God sent 1,000 people to our church. One of the people God sent to his church was a little bus girl named Patty that married Jeff Arnold. Good God seemed like somebody could have steered Patty away from Jeff. And he said, we filled our building up. We got in a building program. And he said, he said, my son-in-law, Mark Jordan, came to assist me. And he said, just as quickly as the revival came, he said, it lifted. So nobody prayed through. We couldn't get a move of God. And he said, I was at S.G. Norris's funeral. And he said, all of a sudden, I got so hungry for God. He said, I told my wife, honey, Vera, I'm leaving. And he went to the motel, laid on his face before God, and said, God, you sent a magnanimous, specific, awesome move of God. And he said, we enjoyed it, but it lifted. We got in the middle of our building program, it lifted. And he said, why, God, why? Brother Kinsey is such a precious man of God. Why? And God said, I'm not going to share my glory with blueprints. I'm not going to share my glory with what color the pews are going to be. 
I'm not going to share my glory with where you're going to arrange the, the flowers. Hallelujah. He said, I was the center of the revival, and I'm going to have to be the center if you have me. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you what. God's not going to share his glory. It don't matter what color the carpet is. Come on, people. I've seen churches fall out over the color of a stupid carpet. It don't matter what color the carpet is. Come on. It don't matter what color the cushions are. You're just going to set your tail on it anyway. Come on, it don't matter how the flowers are arranged. The PA's never going to be right. It's not loud enough for me and too loud for you all the time. Killing a million-dollar preacher trying to save a $300 sound system. It's not about that. It's about having a place where a city that's dying and going to hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? When they, when they dedicated that temple, you know what God done? God took a natural stone building. One of the walls, I've been down underneath the Temple Mount at the original foundation of Hechel Shlomo, the Temple of Solomon. And when they got their self just right, God visited that place with his presence. And you know what it said? It said the priest, the priest, when they came in, they entered without regard to divisions. Now think about that. When the priest came in, it didn't mean that they had, were having a church split, one believed in pre-trib, one mid-trib, one post-trib, or <laughs> hallelujah. Divisions mean they had 26 divisions in the Davidic worship. They had the Kohathites and the Levites and the Kohans, and they forgot the divisions, and they left the lower calling for a higher calling, and they crossed in through a threshold, and the power of God fell in that place. And they flowed together. And God anointed them. And it was fit together. God said, I don't want the sound of an iron herd in building my temple. Come on. Now let me, let me warn you. We're gonna, the, one of the reasons we're going to start praying is because there needs to be a prayer covering. If there's a devil anywhere in the country, that bald-headed, buck-toothed, knock-kneed, yellow-bellied, bull-legged, skimp-backed devil will find a building program to get into. Come on. So we need to cover ourselves. We need to forget the lesser of our little jobs, and we need to flow together and get covered in his glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Everything was covered with gold. Everything was anointed. Everything was fit together. Hallelujah. And the Lord honored that. And at the dedication of the cornerstone, all of a sudden the glory of God came down in there, and the glory came down until the priest could not even minister. Come on. It was the unveiling of his glory because the singers were as one. The trumpeters were as one. The priests were as one. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, all of us said, but we don't read the preceding. They were all in one mind and one accord. That didn't mean they were all driving Hondas. They were all in one mind, one spirit. One spirit. When Janice Jostrand sang at the inauguration of, of Bill Clinton, and Janice got through singing, and people had their hands raised. I mean, people had never heard of raising their hands. Was raising their hands in there, and, and the power of God was moving, and, and Bill Clinton, and I uh, can't remember his wife's name, almost run over her one day. <laughs> Hillary, hallelujah. They were all weeping and crying, and Jesse Jackson stepped up and said, when real men get together, the result is always Pentecost. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you, God 
It's His will to have a place where you leave this world and enter into this world. Hallelujah. I was reading my Jewish Bible the other day, my Jewish New Testament, and Matthew said where the carcass is, that's where the eagles are going to be gathered. And it, when he uses the word eagles there, it's really vultures. Where there's dead and dying, the vultures are going to be there. Come on, you know why? They watch the dying so they can feed on the dying. See, and everybody, before you can be used of God, has to come to the place of dying before God can use you as his instrument. Come on. And God showed me his house is going to have to be built on love. The length, the breadth, and the width, and the depth, and the height. But Jesus, but Paul said, you've got to know the love of God, which passes understanding. See, we need to learn to be lifters. I've seen, I've seen God moving pastors to another dimension. I know it's never happened here because you love God too much, and you're too great a people. But I've seen God have pastors in the dying place. I've seen God have pastors where God gives you fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And in between the fruit, the more fruit, and the much fruit, there's always a cutting and a slicing and, a, and getting the dead out. Hallelujah. And I've seen pastors get in that place and somebody rise up and say, well, he don't preach like Lee Stone King. Hallelujah. I can't do that. Come on. And apparently Lee can't imitate me or he would. Hallelujah. I'm glad God brought him through, aren't you? Hallelujah. But see, you hear these tapes and you see these videos of these hot rod preachers preaching at conference and all these meetings. You don't realize that that's the best shot, that they're up like a ball team, that that's the best sermon they've got. They've preached that 47 times. Come on. Come on. A pastor preaches a sermon, it's gone. I've got sermons I've probably preached 50 times. I've got sermons where they request me to preach them when I come to a place to hold a revival. I've actually got requests. Brother Mahaney, would you please preach the backside of Calvary? I go places and they, Brother Mahaney, would you preach that sermon, the spirit of mama? Hallelujah. But a pastor, and a pastor's going through the dying place. So God can raise that pastor up and make him be the vessel that God wants him to be. And you know what happens? Some vulture comes around and sees him in the dying place. And they begin to come down and pluck and he's vulnerable. Hallelujah. God's laid it on my heart many a time to call a pastor and say you're in a vulnerable position right now. And you're in a dying place. But when you come out of this place of death and we can keep the vultures off of you. Hallelujah. We can keep the parasites off of you. Hallelujah. You're going to be awesome. You're going to be more anointed than you've ever been anointed. You're going to be more blessed than you've ever been blessed. God, I station angels around Brother Gleason right now. Hallelujah. God, I station angels around him. He's in a vulnerable time in his life where he's battling for this dream and for your families. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the unborn crying when I drive around. I landed in Kansas City last night. I feel, I, I, I felt the unborn crying. Hallelujah. I come against division. I come against criticism. I come against doubt. I come against attack. I come against people that's criticizing the ministry. Come on, I come against that in Jesus' name. I come against that in Jesus' name. Come on. 
Come on. For about 40 days, I can't even pray without laying on my face and crying. I was sitting on an airplane going up to preach for Norm Pasley the other day. And I got to pray and I was sitting there crying. And the guy said, everything all right? And I said, yeah, I'm just in the time of Elul. I'm in a time of repentance. I'm getting ready. In fact, today's the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the celebration of the new year. And next year when we have general, or next week when we have general conference, it's going to be the, the time of Yom Kippur and the time of the day of covering when God opens the gates of heaven. And if our spirit's right, then God gives us a petition we've asked of him. Come on. That's why we're starting prayer. That's why we're through with him and in this city. Come on. I bind every critical spirit. Come on. I bind everything that would fight against having a place where our families can be saved. Hallelujah. Come on. I bind every place. I bind this. Hallelujah. I bind this. Hallelujah. Come on. I want you men to reach over and touch Brother Gleason and say, God, we're going to be David's man. We're going to be the man that covers him. Come on, men. Reach your hand over to you guys sitting around and reach over. Come on, Justin. Touch your daddy, buddy. Hallelujah. Come on over here, homie. Come and touch your bishop. Come on. Come on. Come on, we're, we're, we're putting a covering over him. He's going to be fighting things we don't even know about. He's going to be criticized. People's going to say, I wouldn't have made that decision. You women pray over Sister Gleason. Come on, reach your hand to her. You girls sitting around close enough. Come on, reach over and touch her. God, we're not going to get critical. God, I don't care what color they make the carpet. God, I don't care what color they make the fuse. I don't care how many times they sang that song. I don't care what it looks like. I want a place where my family can come.
out the Holy Ghost. I want you to hug somebody to be a, a network prayer partner during this building program. Jesus It might not even be the one you're thinking about, but God's going to lay it into your spirit to go speak into their life. point from the visit from the natural to the supernatural they're going to cross a threshold point and god you're going to visit them you're going to oh, no, 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 the light from our church the burning in our church is going to draw people off those highways Jesus, Everybody stand in our tent. This is our tent. We're moving to our temple. God, I pray a special dispensation of anointing and truth and blessing on this church right here for allowing you to use this as your place to nail your tent down for a little while. Everybody say there were six cities of refuge. Hebron, Shechem, Gilead. There were six cities. And anybody that had blood on their hands, anybody that was a malefactor, anybody in trouble, they could run to those cities. But you know what the stipulation was? Joshua told him, said, I don't want any obstructions. I don't want any logs across the road. I don't want any rocks. I don't want any chariots that's pushed aside and somebody stripped the chariot and took the wheels off of it. And he said, I want the road to mercy clean. God, give us a clean spirit. I've been to the churches of the first century. I've stood in the synagogue at Capernaum where Peter preached. and I've been to the church of Philadelphia and Asia Minor. And I've been to Corinth. I saw that little stand called the Bema where Paul stood and preached. It's the will of God to have functional places where we can entertain the functional presence of God to come down and we cross from the profane into the holy, from the natural to the supernatural. And in here, things are going to happen that will blow your mind. And God's going to, you hear me, I feel a spirit of prophecy on me. I believe God calls preachers to churches to be prophets to them. I feel a spirit of prophecy. You know what God's going to do? God's going to bless some of you beyond your wildest dreams materially. They was getting ready to leave Egypt. Say, we're leaving Egypt. You know what God told them, what Moses told them? He said, go over to those Egyptian women. And say, man, nice necklace. 
nice, what do you call the deal thing on your ears? Earrings. Nice nose rings. They wore nose rings back then. And you know what God done? God took the wealth of Egypt and put it in the hands of Israel. Oh, God wanted them to wear Ferragamo shoes and CM neckties and no, huh? And then God took them to a place where there was no malls, no outlet centers. Anytime you stop at an outlet center, you're going to pay more than you will at the regular store. Just... They need to put outlet center and then under say for Gentiles. Everybody say, God blessed them with the gold and the silver of Egypt and took them to a place no Walmart, no Kmart, no mall, no Dillard's. You know why? Because God's blessing was for one reason. They had to have a place where they left the natural to the supernatural. And God blessed them to build the house of God. Hallelujah. 120 days ago, we made commitments to God. 120 days ago. 120 days ago. Brother Gleason said, whatever you do, Charlie, don't have people stand up. Our church is just not like that. So I had everybody stand up. You committed. It blew my mind. We was going home and, I, and we was going up to eat after service. We won't get to eat tonight. We've got to fly out tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. And just want to remind you that. We're not going to get to eat tonight. Unless we want to pay $12 for a hot dog in the airport. <laughs> and we was going out to eat. The place we love to eat downtown where they fix stuff and they cook it for you. Mongolian Grill. And he looked at me and he said, Charlie, I can't believe it. God's people are so awesome to give like that. Now we've come to the time of laying it down before him. If you could look on walls of heaven, you could see pictures like that with Pentecostal people, people's picture on it, wanted for robbing God. Had a guy come up to me the other day with several hundred dollar bills wanted up and said, Brother Mahaney, I want to give you a love offering. And I said, okay, have you tithed on that? And he said, no. And I said, well, you can't give an offering on something you haven't tithed on. He said, what do you mean? I said, but the tithe circumciser makes holy the offering. And I said, if you haven't tithed on it, it's filthy lucre. And, and by the time a hundred dollar bill's been in circulation 30 days, it's been through the hands of a prostitute, a casino, a crack dealer, a, a liquor dealer. Hallelujah. I said, you can't tithe. You can't give an offering on something that hadn't been tithed on. Several hundred dollar bills there. I was tempted not to even take it. Hallelujah. I don't have to tell you how God blesses. My grandkids will never come to your new church probably and be taught. you're building a place where you'll cross from the profane into the holy. Lift your hand. I'm, this is this is Sunday offering. This is tithe. And this is your 100-day commitment to vision on the mountain. Lift your hands and say, God, you've given to me 
now it's time for me to give back. Say, Brother Mahaney, that's a lot of money. My son has been out of church for 20 years, went through two divorces, drugs, alcohol. Brother Gleason, his lawyer, told him, said, Nick, you may get 20 years. Walked in there the other day and the prosecuting attorney said, Nick, I can tell something's happened to you. You don't even look different. You don't even look the same. He said, you're, you're a different boy. He said, said, you're not going to have to go to prison. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how much do you think that's worth to me, my son that's been out of church 20 years, going to general conference with me? I said, son, I won't be able to be with you in some of them. I've got to be in board meetings. No, I said, dad, I'm coming in and sitting beside you in the board meetings. Hallelujah. <laughs> I said, no, you're not. He said, yeah, I'm going to be right there in the board meetings. I want to see what's going on in the body of Christ. So I said, Uncle Stan will take you to the board meetings. Hallelujah. I hear our crying unborn kids. Lift your hand and say, God, this is my pledge, my offering. And I want you to bring it to God. I want you to lay it up here on these altars. I want you to lay it right up in front of this pulpit on these altars. Come on, bring your offering. Bring, bring your last offering. Brother Morgans, I said, right up here on this. Praise God, right up here. We'll lay it right up here on the altar. This is your Come on, wave it before the Lord. This is my offering before God. Come on, bring it quickly. God, I'm shut up. Boy, it's going to be worth everything to see those grandkids with their hands raised saying, thank you, Grandma. You know what my son did? He ran and put his arms around me and said, thank you, Dad, for living the life in front of me. I'd have never made it if you'd have compromised. being saved? What price should we put on our grandkids being taught? What price should we put on my son not having to go to prison for 20 years and instead he's got his hands raised tonight singing in the church? What price should we put? Come on! that line from the profane to the holy. Come on, lift your hands and thank God for it. Spirit, holy one, 
listen to me, folks. I try to ransack my mind, and I can't think of anybody that, I can't think of any way anybody could not like Stan Gleason. I can think, it's hard for me to imagine why anybody would like me. greatest Christians and got such a burden for you people I've ever seen in my life. I want him to come and pray that God would give this back to you a hundredfold. I, I don't believe we got to stay in the vineyard and, and, and sow 30, 60. I believe we're going to move into a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's God's will to build a house. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.